Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. This video is being premiered on BitChute, Rumble, and Brighteon, so it will pop up later on YouTube when I'm ready to release it there. And if you are not subscribed to one of these alternative channels, um, I'm strongly recommending that you do so because sometimes the subject matter is just not YouTube friendly, not because it's not friendly, but because YouTube is monitoring some of the stuff that people talk about now. And it's just a good thing for you to be able to subscribe at least to one of the backups. There's Rumble, there's BitChute. And there's Brighteon. I think for Brighteon, you might have to have an account. But for Rumble and Bitch, you, you do not need to have an account to be able to check up on the Master's Voice blog. That's what I'm called there, the Master's Voice blog, just to see if there are new uploads. And without further ado, I go into a prophecy that the Lord, the first thing that he said to me this morning when I opened my eyes is get up and run get up and run, make the video today about the church. So today it is not about any type of political machinations, nothing about the hardships that are coming to the United States, the hardships that are coming to the world at large. This prophecy, which is um, four parts that I'm going to condense into one, is about the hardships that are coming to the church. God said that the church is bloated and that the church is fat that the church is very entitled and that the church is highly deceived. And therefore he is going to do the work of cutting down the church. So when a man has a field and he's plowing it and he's tending it now, and then you have to go through and you have to take out the weeds. If you are a good farmer, you're definitely going to be watching over your crop. You're going to have, um, whatever you need pesticides to make sure that you get a good crop. And God basically says, He's going to fix the church before Satan can get to the church. And I think that that's something that every parent at least can understand. Because what happens is if you don't discipline your children at home, if you don't teach them right from wrong at home, what's going to happen is that they're going to learn very painful lessons at the hands of strangers on a day when you're not there, you can't drive the bully off. You can't do anything about it. And that is what God is saying here, that he's going to train, retrain this church, purge this church, whip this church into shape before the devil can get to her. So that is definitely not going to be an easy exercise. The cutting blade will be in the earth and it is going to start among several places. And one of them is at the doors of the rich and the famous. The name of this prophecy is cornucopia. This is part two that I'm reading. It's called the hall of delights. And I received these visions over two days. So I started seeing visions on, I think it was June 18. It was June 18, 2019. And I was seeing certain things. And one of the things I was seeing was God telling me his purpose of having the fivefold ministry in the church, contrary to what a lot of people believe. And they think that the only ministry that is existing today is I think the teacher, the evangelist and the pastor, but there's also the apostle and the prophet that are still alive today. Jesus wouldn't have a hand and then just chop off what he said at the foundational two fingers, basically your first finger and your thumb. And that is the apostles and the prophets, because the Bible says that the whole ministry of the church is founded upon the doctrine that comes forth from apostolic 
men and women, and also from prophets. And so, um, this is what the Lord was leading with, that he put the fivefold ministry in the earth to edify his church. Now, I'll just pause for a second on the word edification. For some reason, it might be the spiritual madness in the air, but we are losing the meanings of words. We, we are becoming um, so proud in our hearts and so deceived that we actually think that we can take words that have always existed and we can bend them and change them to mean what we want them to mean. So the word edify actually means to strengthen. It means to build up and to strengthen something. And the way that you strengthen a structure that is weak is that first of all, you're going to put it through quantity testing or quality testing. You're going to put it through a series of tests like the makers of Volkswagen and Volvo and Mercedes do. We all have seen that those strange ads that they have now where you just see them crashing their cars into walls and crashing their cars against trees. And you might be thinking, why are these people doing that? They're trying to show you that we have put this vehicle through rigorous testing. We have put this vehicle, we have put this thing through its paces before we sold it to you. Why? Because we know how much we're going to ask you for it, but also because we know when you buy a car, you are putting the most precious things that you own into that car, your life, your wife's life, your baby's life. So we have put this material to the test to make sure that it is solid and that it has integrity before we sell it to you. And so God is saying that the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, evangelist, and the teacher are his crash test dummy people. They're servants that he left here to make sure that his church is whole, to make sure that his church is sound, to make sure that his church has integrity and to make sure that his church are not the kind of people who open up like a Venus flytrap and allow all the false teachers, the wolves in sheep's clothing, the liars, everybody who wants to have a same to same relationship to say, Oh no, come on in. We're accepting all of that. You're not coming in to be changed. We're just integrating all your different lifestyle choices into us. And that's okay because God is love. That's what, not what the fivefold ministry is for. But God was saying in this prophecy, two years, is it two years? 2019, time has flown. Three years ago, basically, that um, the fivefold ministry has largely failed, completely and totally failed in their calling. They have failed in the reason that he left them in the earth. And so God gave me these visions on June 18 and June 20th, he completed them. And so let's look at part one of it. It's called cornucopia. And what cornucopia means is the horn of delight. Let me show you a picture. I hope that you will be able to see it. Do you see that ancient woven basket there with all the fruit and everything else coming out of it? Well, this picture has traditionally meant cornucopia. It's a symbol of plenty. It's a symbol of overflow. And that horn is actually a goat's horn. That's what it's called. It's called a goat's horn. And usually you will find it depicted in imagery overflowing with flowers, fruits, and vegetables. It symbolizes wealth, prosperity, plenty, and abundance. It is also a sign when you see that horn of lavish abundance that is spilling out because it's so much that it cannot be contained. 
And so um, I had a vision and I found myself in a very great hall. This was a massive hall. On the second part of the prophecy, I will show you a picture of something. It was like those halls that you see in Gladiator, where the king is, is deep in there after five massive chambers, the large pillars and marble everywhere, and just beautiful tapestries hanging on the wall. And it was some very rich surroundings. And there was a door to the inner part of the hall open, so I went in. And when I went in, what I saw that it was an ornate bed banquet table that had been set for guests that were not yet there. So written on a slab before I went into the inner door, written on the slab, the, the outside, it said hall of delights, hall of delights. So I went into the inner chamber and then before I could go any further, it was like a video game, a big word that said cornucopia appeared in the air. You know, in the video games, when you're about to start a level, they put a word and then it says start or it says begin or something. So this word was like this and like that. And it was moving as if it wanted me to follow it. So I followed it. And I went in deeper into this hall. And the first thing I saw was a line of majestic thrones. I am talking about the kind of thrones that you can only find in the medieval movies. There is no throne right now in modern history that can match the stuff that I saw. It was all lined velvet. Some of them were navy blue and gold. Some of the thrones were silver and gold, but all the best thrones. I'm talking about the thrones that now had the plush arm, like a lion's claw arm or the marble pillar curvy arm that goes like this. The best thrones were white and gold and they had the highest backs. They were the ones that had the curvy tops and the deepest, softest plush in the interiors. And I was amazed. I was thinking to myself, Lord, this is real money. This is true opulence. And two thirds of the thrones were supposed to have people sitting in them, right? But the last thrones at the end, there was one third of thrones that were not yet occupied. And I was made to understand by the Lord that their number, the people who will sit on those thrones have not yet been filled. And in the middle of the room, there was a large table. This table was the center of attraction. And let me tell you what was on that table. It was a heavy wood table and the word cornucopia was taking me on a tour. So the cornucopia word was drifting through, showing me things, the thrones and everything else. And then it came and rested by this table and it sank down on the table so that I would look at what was on this table. And this is what I saw. It's quite a list. I saw the latest electronic tablets the latest electronic laptops, the latest cell phones. I saw gift bags, small ones and large ones without me knowing what was inside. When I say gift bags, I know I'm talking about when you go to these exclusive fashion shows or when you go to these exclusive art gallery reveals or these private places that have only a hundred guests or 200 guests by invitation only, every single person gets a gift bag and everyone who's on the list is so excited to go to this place because they know that the stuff in that gift bag, they call it swag. It can be even worth above $5,000 what these people will give you when you're invited to these private things. That's the kind of gift bags that were on these tables. I saw sparkly banglets, um, bangles. I saw charm bracelets. I saw gold watches. I saw diamond and silver watches. I saw something called slate jewelry. Um, I never looked that up, so I'm not sure what that is, but it's 
it must be expensive because it was there. I saw tiaras, I saw earrings, I saw single earrings, and then I saw the, the kind that men wear. And then I saw double made earrings, matching earrings, the kinds that women, women wear. I saw rings of every type of precious metal, every type of precious stone. And among them, I saw occultic rings that were carrying different types of occult symbols. And one that I recognized is the goat headed Baphomet that was on rings. So I saw rings on these tables, different types of rings, but the rings that my eyes were drawn to were occultic rings that were carrying the goat-headed symbol of the Baphomet among many, many other types of rings. I saw many different types of wristwatches. I saw many different types of bangles. I saw the kind of bangle that is kind of in now where women, it wraps around the arm a few times, like it and usually sometimes it has a snake or it's just a coil on the arm. Like Cleopatra used to wear, I saw sandals, shoes, heels, diamond studded slippers. This was a new one. I saw shoes that have precious stones either embedded in the front of it or on the side of it. And I saw so many handbags, designer handbags. And then I saw brief cases and brief cases of money briefcases of money. I saw money in money clips and I wrote, it was so much money, but all this money was tastefully folded and it was held with money clips that had diamonds, emeralds, sapphires, and other precious stones in them. So a money clip cannot hold a lot of money, but the thing is that every single bill was a hundred dollar bill. So each clip, what it was holding was several thousands at, at least. I saw what I call the tweet tweet, the keyless car keys that beep to open exclusive luxury vehicles. And these keys, there was a bowl sitting on the table and these keys were pouring out of the air into this bowl. From what I could see, the only thing that was constantly replenishing itself on this table at me, as in it was living, it was active, it was constantly filling up. In this bowl were car keys, Maserati, Lamborghini, Jeep, Chrysler, Ford, Tesla. I'm sure there are even richer cars like that. Benzes, every conceivable brand of luxury vehicle, including some that I, I don't, I couldn't recognize the symbol on the car key because I don't know cars like that. And they were just pouring and pouring and pouring. And they were symbolizing the fact that these luxury vehicles were being given, given and gifted to whoever had access to this room, the invited guests, the people who would enter the room and the people who were sitting, sitting on, who would be seated on the, on the two thirds of the thrones that were supposed to have guests in them. And I saw food, fruit, exotic fruit, vegetables, drinks, candy treats, you know, the kind of thing that you pop into the mouth when it's you and that special person. I saw games, um, games, including, you know, these kind of things, Sony playstations and stuff like that. I saw stuffed toys. I saw perfume. I saw cologne. I saw underwear. I saw dowries as in the payments that you make for marriage. I saw marriage certificates. I saw bank books. I saw bank cards. I saw credit cards, the kind of credit cards that are exclusive. Some of these credit cards are so exclusive that you have to be invited to apply. You can't just take your little plebeian self up in there and say, I need the, this 300. They'll just be like, I'm sorry. We didn't send you that key coded encrypted email. 
and I saw property deeds because God was saying, even when I was reading over this prophecy to bring it forth, God was saying that you have celestial, you have no idea how much land changes hand, um, hands among the rich and the famous of the church. So property title deeds that grant ownership to everything that you can think of on earth, gold, silver, oil, company shares, diamonds, land, cattle, hens. The Lord mentioned hens as in um, perhaps chicken farms, farm animals, stores. Um, this is business corporations and entities, clothing brands, money, many other things. And lastly, the word or. I saw the word or, but how it was represented on the table was there was a small hill of dirt right? A small hill of reddish dirt. And the word or was written on the dirt. And what I was seeing in the spirit is that in foreign countries, there's a lot of concessions that are granted to these, um, to these pastors. And one of those people is this man, um, on the 700 club, his name is Pat, Pat Robertson, I think. He has concessions, a lot of concessions in West Africa. Um, so that's what I found out when I was doing research after this, just, just checking all the things that God had shown me. And God says that this type of concession being given out to foreigners here, um, it takes place with and without government knowledge and consent, consent. So sometimes pastors here are brokering deals for dirty diamonds, oil shares, and they're doing stuff, God says, through third-party buyers in those countries who act as faces or fronts to represent these people. Please excuse the noise. So third parties represent um, religious elite and then uh, go into other countries. This is happening everywhere, I'm sure, because religious elite don't only exist in America. They're everywhere. There are tons of them in South America and in Africa. But what they do is that they get faces or fronts from those local countries to, to represent them so that the hidden interest, let's say the Australian interest or the American interest is not what the government sees. And then obviously the terms are going to be different. If the government thinks it's working with a local company, it gives them local terms and they pay local tax. Meanwhile, the concession, the benefit of these large oil shares in oil refineries, shares in gold and silver um, companies, uh, diamonds, things like that, it actually belongs to somebody who is definitely skimming a lot of benefit because they can't be seen. And the table was just basically laden with all these things. And I was standing in the room and I was in shock and I was thinking, who owns all this stuff? Where are these guests? Where are the people that possess such a wealth of goods? People who are so prominent, who owns these lavish lifestyles where nothing is wanted and the pipeline is freely flowing to provision and everything is so free to enjoy? And then the Lord spoke to me for the first time in that vision. And he said, the false pastors and preachers, their time is up. I have given so much mercy that my mercy is now spent. My time is now short. And I want my people to hear my word before I come. I want them to know my glory and to understand my purpose for them and among them. Then I will come to take them home. But the wicked I will thresh like a fine-toothed, threshing sledge with terrible teeth. Let the people hear this word. 
and come out from among them and separate themselves from these people. If there is no repentance, there will surely be judgment. So let them separate themselves from beneath this defiled flow and be blameless. Otherwise, they will share in their abominations equally and share in their sins as well. Come out from among them and walk blameless before me. These fountains have been defiled. This is the word of the Lord. And so I have been laboring in exactly this word and not even speaking of this one from so far back, so long ago, 2019, God has been bringing a wealth of prophecies that say that people need to separate from these false pastors and false prophets because to be honest, you're following them just because there's something about being associated with them that makes you also feel like you have some value and some worth. There's something about being a Joyce Meyer follower. There's something about being a Creflo Dollar follower or, you know, following whoever, T.D. Jakes and the rest of them. You feel somehow in your heart, if you are honest, if you get over your irritation at my words, which is just... Um, the demonic hold that is on you, if you can manage to fight that thing off for just 10 minutes and sit and examine your heart before the Lord with the help of the Holy Spirit and say, God, why do I follow these people? What are they teaching me? These people, all they give you is this fake Wheaties gospel that sounds like this. God knows that you've been going through You've been going through and you've been hanging on and your haters have hated you because that's what the hating haters do. But I'm here to tell you, watch this, watch this, watch this, catch this, catch this. It's your time now. These people, they pander to a lust in people for help. You might as well buy one of these self-help books and read it through and follow the advice in there. Because some of these books, these people actually have their heads on straight and they know what they're talking about. You could easily read a self-help book and stop, get rid of some of the habits that are actively weakening and destroying your life. And if you follow a self-help book, you can't say, oh no, I came through because the self-help book preached me a gospel that changed everything. You can't do that because it's just a book you got at Barnes and Noble for like $6.99. There's a book with some good advice in it. These people are nothing but motivational speakers. And I have nothing against motivational speakers as long as a motivational speaker is honest and says, hi, I'm Clarissa, and I'm here to be your motivational speaker to help you turn your life around. Clarissa steps out and she tells you that's what she is. And she gives you tips, tricks, and tools to fix things. Then Clarissa's being honest. But when you take motivational speaking and you sprinkle scriptures in it, And then you feed it to an audience that has been so poorly taught for the last 50 years that they can't tell the difference between the true gospel that goes right into the gut and exhorts. The true gospel goes right in there. It's a confrontational gospel. If you think the gospel is not confrontational, ask yourself, why did all the prominent people in the Bible always end up dead? Why were they always on the run? You read little verses that fill in the story and paint the picture, how they wandered from town to town, how even Jesus had to dust his feet off and keep moving. Does this tell you that the Bible preaches a widely acceptable theology, something that makes people feel so good and happy and acceptable and just say, oh, you know, I feel the love on this. Why is it that the original people carrying the tools that lead to eternal life always ended up in the ground earlier 
than their 80 or 90 years, especially in the New Testament. Really hard for those guys to age out. Always ended up on the run, persecuted, hunted, killed. How does this Bible produce this weak and misguided church that we have today that thinks that they're supposed to lead with love? How many times did Jesus actually say, I'm here to love you and just love you through it because I know you've been going through. When did the man actually say stuff like that? You see John the Baptist showing up and his sermons just start. They don't even start with, hi, I'm I'm happy to be here today. Bless the pastor for having me. The dude opens his mouth and begins with brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. He's convicting them and challenging them of their hypocritical nature, but he's showing true godly compassion by what? He's not refusing to baptize them. He's not saying, I won't give you this baptism into salvation and into grace. No, he's dunking them, but he's also doing what America now calls shaming, shaming people. He's rebuking them for their hypocritical nature and telling them, oh, how come you're not sitting up at the Sanhedrin waiting for God to come and judge and roast you? How come you've come down here to the dirty little Jordan for me to baptize you? He didn't let them get away with it. He wasn't interested in the comfort of their flesh. I just read from a passage yesterday in Luke chapter three that John the Baptist had a blazing word in his mouth that was concerned with repentance and the remission of sins. John didn't come to make friends. He he came to make sure that souls were prepared for the one, the threshing sledge with terrible teeth that was coming after him. How on earth? Does God deserve the church that he has now? How is the true gospel producing the type of people who exist now? I'll go to part two of the prophecy in a moment. So later, this part of the prophecy is called cornucopia, hall of delights, part three. And so I had the same vision again, but now this time the guests had showed up. The thrones were occupied and the room was full of life. There was music, there was dancing, entertainment. There were servants coming in and bringing now food and other things to put on the table. And there were many things going on in this room. Fringe actors that I was trying to pay attention to at the same time. It was a lot of activity. And so I saw now the people were sitting on the thrones, but some of them had privacy dots on their faces. A privacy dot is that thing that you see in the documentary. It's a circle and then it's fuzzy. And then you, they sometimes distort the voice. If a person is, is naming maybe people in the mafia or naming people in the government or just talking about a horrible experience that happened to them, usually sexual abuse, they blur out the face with that dot. But I knew that these blurred faced people were false teachers, false pastors, false preachers, false apostles. These were people and false prophets. These were people from the fivefold ministry. Excuse me, please. And this time what was written on the table was the word opulence. I saw some people's faces were exposed and God told me that I I should speak about these people. However, some people's faces were not exposed at that time. And the Lord told me that I should not speak about those people. And this is something that people need to understand. 
God is the one who judges his servants and God is the one who judges. In fact, each and every one of us. So many times we will see something and we will get offended at God because we're thinking, why isn't God moving to judge this? Why isn't God doing anything about it? Yet we're not doing the proper work to intercede. We're not praying prayers for justice to be served. Many of us, we just look and we're irritated and like, why is so-and-so getting away with it? And so-and-so is false and so-and-so is false, but we're not actually doing the groundwork that digs the pit under the wicked so that they can fall in it. So the wicked are on solid ground. Not enough people are digging the pit saying, God, judge this, judge that, judge this in the church. And then we're angry and wondering how come the wicked are still on solid ground. Another thing is that uh, for me, I understand and I respect the Lord. And so I'm not going to mention a single person, no matter how many people say in the, com in the comments, how come you left out this person and you left out that person? Because I don't work for you and I don't take direction from the comment section. I barely see half the stuff that's there. So uh, my direction comes from who God tells me to name. And you will see in this prophecy, three years ago, there was a man that I was told not to name. This man was something that God called a special cup in his hand. And in fact, the prophecy goes straight to start with him. So he was a special cup in God's, God's hand. And I was told not to write this man's name on the blog in June, 2019. And I did not. And, um, I saw another false pastor there. He's famous. Everyone, including Scooby-Doo knows that this man is a false pastor. But to this day, the Lord has strongly warned me and told me, I did not say that you should speak about that. And so I will not. What God did say today when I was reading up on this is make sure to tell them that Paula White is an extreme false teacher and a flaming liar. So that is something that's not written down. That is just hot off the press today. And I'm sure it's not news to anyone, but because he said to say it, I am now saying it. So I will read from here. There is one man that I'm told not to, um, I'm told to mention, but not his name. The Lord said that this man was a special cup in his hand, a man that was given double, a man that was far more eloquent and talented than all his fellows in ministry. And this man had written over his head, the Greek word charis, which is the word that means grace. It also means divine favor and special ability. This is the root word from where we get charisma. This is the special sauce, that extra something that sets you apart. You can basically almost call this thing anointing. And you can always tell when a person has anointing because what comes out of them will revolutionize the listener, which is something that always amazes me how some people can listen to who they listen to. Some people, especially in the early days, constantly sending me videos. Is this person safe to listen to? And I'm looking and this person is as flat as a dead penny, just basically sitting there and reading their grandmother's laundry list with a subscriber base of like 20,000 people. And I'm thinking, what do these people see? What are they hearing? And God would always be telling me they follow the teachers that pander to their lusts. So you will always find yourself camping in the place where people are talking about exactly what deceived ideas you love to hear and be edified by. So God says this person was full of his good graces, God's good graces. We looked at two Peter chapter two yesterday, verses one, two, three, and it says that they leave, they desert the Lord who bought them. What does this mean? That people started out well and now have taken a hard left or a hard right to follow after 
the temptations, the deception, and also the sheer wickedness of serving Satan. Some of these people don't think they've, they've drifted off the path. They made oaths and covenants. They have sealed deals with the devil to get followers, to get influence, to get clout, to get fame, to get money. These are part of a blood drinking, blood shedding cult. And yet they always freshen up in time for Sunday morning to come and lift their hands and project massive spells over their 10, 20, 50,000 members, including the millions live streaming the service. And uh, these are just things that you ought to know. God loved this man, but God said that this man has profaned himself and that God was totally displeased with him. At the time, I could feel mercy in God's heart towards this man. And I was told, this is why you can't name him because God has a soft spot for him. But I saw a cup in the spirit filling against this man. It was gold, but it had become tarnished and very soiled. And that cup was filling with a dark red liquid that was God's judgment on this man. Because he was twice as gifted, I saw that the cup filling against him was twice as big as many of the other ministers seated on the throne. But I knew that when this cup overflows, that man would hit trouble. God will make that man drink the cup that he filled because of the profane. This means the accursed. This means the diabolical things that he did. And so this man is Bishop T.D. Jakes. Bishop T.D. Jakes, please excuse the noise. The Lord said that Bishop T.D. Jakes will pay the penalty for the things that he has done and that absolutely nothing will turn back his judgment. And so let me give a word of caution here to people who think they're stronger than God. In the Old Testament, when God condemned someone, Israel had the good and the common sense to step back because they knew that it was either a lightning bolt about to follow or the ground about to open and someone, their wife, their kids, all their relatives, sheep, goat, tent, about to enter down live into Hades, or someone was about to be taken to the edge of the camp and stoned. People in those days understood that God is the height of mercy, the height of kindness. There is no one born of a woman who is kinder than God and more loving than God. And so in those days, people understood the character of God and respected him enough to know that when he finally said he was fed up, no human born of woman could speak up and put their voice above his and say, but I think there's room for one more chance. But this generation, because this generation is defiled, because this generation is not taught. Because this generation actually thinks that God is a cross between Santa, the Easter bunny, and their best friend. They think that when God says the negotiation is finished and the judgment is set, they feel that they hold such a special place with God that if they creep to God and say, but God, give him one more chance. And God would say, you know, I was waiting just for that intercession because I couldn't be sure that my judgment was just. But now that you're here, I'm going to shift it for you. Please remember what I said in the beginning of the video. God said that when these people are going down, whoever attempts to stand in the way, you will go down with them. 
Now, I'm not at liberty to tell you how you will go down with them because God has not revealed it to me. But since I'm one of those old style Israelites who knows his character well enough to know that he means every word he says, it is my obligation to tell you that when God passes final judgment on these people for the wicked and diabolical acts, many of them have been revealed on this channel in videos that are only two months old and you attempt to stand in the way, let's pray for him. Did you contact him and pray for him? I didn't contact him and pray for him because I'm not working for him. I'm working for his boss that he decided to turn his back on and go and serve the Baphomet. I'm that PA that's just here with this tablet to read out what the big boss says. You go and pray for him and then see what the end of that will be. So then I saw these ministers were enjoying this party. Oh, sorry, I didn't bring the vision that the Lord is telling me to make sure that I add here. I had um, a vision of T.D. Jakes. I think it would have been just maybe three weeks. And I put it in a video already, but it keeps coming up to bring it in. And so here it is. I saw this man standing as a huge statue in the earth, a very massive statue. And this whole vision was sort of in light shades of blue. So it was a light blue statue and the sky was blue. Everything was blue. And it was standing right at the edge of a lake, a lake a sea, definitely a body of water. And then the statue was struck. So the statue was struck and it fell into the water and it sank into the water. And then it began to release this inky black goo into the water, this, this black dense sub substance into the water. And then as I was watching, all the little woodland animals came around to that pool and began to sip that defiled and poisoned water. And the Lord said that when this man falls, it will be like the hour hand finally coming to the hour. So, you know, it, it finally comes around and it hits the hour. And God says, when this man falls, you are watching the beginning of the time period of the judgment of the ministers who have failed their commission. But he also said in the, in the long ago prophecy where I was speaking to him, where God said that there is a judgment of death for certain ministers. God says that Christians who are wise should stay away from the fanfare and the open mourning and the great burning that will be made for, for Bishop T.D. Jakes when he dies. A great burning is the kind of opulent send-off that you give a great king who is so beloved. The entire country comes to the funeral. They build him an entire Viking ship of wood. They douse it with kerosene, wrap his body in like 5,000 layers of purest linen and purple and blue, priceless things. They put it on the ship. They set the ship on fire, and then it goes out to sea, and everybody is watching the great king burn. That's what is called a great burning. God said that when this man passes away, the way that he will be eulogized, you will think that a God, if possible, has died. And the warning that he gave to Christians, because this is what will happen. When he passes away, his videos that have 100,000 views will kick up into 100 million views. The ones that have 10 million views will go into 500 million views and things like that. People will begin to come to that place with the wealth of defiled information that he has left behind. 
a legacy that God has rejected. And they will begin to drink from it and say, I wish I had been a part of the potter's house. And therein is the danger. But you real Christians, God says to you, have a clue and stay away. So I saw these ministers enjoying themselves. They were doing profane things. They were enjoying everything that was piled up on the table. And I saw that the bodyguards with them, these men had a flat face, flat face, and they were staring straight ahead. And God was putting on my heart, these people don't actually want to watch what these pastors do. It affects their faith. Some of those men were atheists. They did not want to come to God because of what they saw these pastors and pastorettes doing close up. And remember yesterday I spoke in um, 2 Peter chapter 2 of those who they profane the way of truth. Why? Because they have a close up view or they get to see what the church really gets up to. And it makes them hate God and hate the way of truth, because they think the entire church is a farce and a lie. The bodyguards did not want to get involved. In fact, they were family men, and God said that these men were blanking out their minds. They were deliberately making their minds blank because of what they saw. And he said that many of these men, they do a job. They do the job only because they need a paycheck. And there was a lot of sexual activity going on, and I will just have to deal with that in a separate note. Not right now, not today. So the vibe of the room was live for today. We have all this at our fingertips, live for today. That was, that was the whole feeling. The first throne I saw um, was occupied by Creflo Dollar. Creflo Dollar was slumped in his chair, in his throne, and he was chewing gum and he was not enjoying this party at all. He had a navy blue throne. So he was not at the high level of those who have the gold and the white thrones. He was, he was chewing gum. And, um, what I understood from his throne being navy blue is it is not as bad as those who have the white throne. So those who are seated on the white thrones, even though that's the highest level, the highest ranking of elite elitism among the pastors, it's also the throne that is going to have the highest seat of judgment, the highest type of judgment. So he had a navy blue throne and he was, he had his arms hanging out the side and he was kicking his feet and he was just bored. And then I saw another vision of him. He was sitting in a, in a makeup chair and they were putting makeup on him and he was about to go on TV. And then someone came up to Creflo Dollar with a script. So they brought him a script and they said to him like this, tapping the script, read this when you go on. So when he, he was chewing gum as he looked at this, the script and as he began to read what was written for him to say on his broadcast, his face turned very gray under the makeup. And when the makeup artist saw him go gray, she was thinking like, oh, I thought I mixed your skin color perfectly. And she tried to start fixing the mistake. But what I was seeing is that his skin had grayed out because in his heart, he was thinking, I can't go on TV and say these shocking and controversial things. They go against the gospel. He was wondering in his heart, how can I get away with saying this kind of blatant false stuff on TV? And he wanted to protest, but he couldn't. And the Lord was saying to me, this man wants to serve me, but he cannot. He he has made certain decisions. He has made certain choices that have taken his relationship with Jesus, his personal walk, and his church out of his hands. And God said, this is a puppet, a casualty of the times. 
So I'm not going to say that he made decisions with the Baphomet. He made decisions maybe with this 503C1 thing. Um, but God, I don't know what it is that took his rights to preach the gospel freely out of his hand. But he clearly made a deal somewhere where God says he's now become a puppet. He can't control what he says on TV. And someone can basically make up a script in, in his sermon and put some bald face lies in there. And he better come on TV and he better say it. He better say it. And then um, I saw something like a radio dial moving in the spirit. And it moved and it settled at 7.5. And I saw that nine was the limit of where God would let this man go with the stuff that he does. I saw that when the dial gets to nine, Creflo Dollar will fall. But I also saw that the dial is reversible, which means it could go back to zero. And I saw that during the time of his ministry, Creflo Dollar had committed an act that made God move him from a five to a seven in a single move. He did something that made God crank him up from a five to a seven in a single move. And this other thing, the heresy that he was about to go on TV and preached, it made the dial now go to 7.5. And when it hit nine, that would be the end for him. This man has now come forward in another prophecy. His name now came forward in another prophecy from the Lord, and the Lord listed him among the people whose judgment is death. The next person I saw in the vision was Joyce Meyer, and Joyce Meyer had one of the biggest white and gold thrones, and the voice said in the spirit, judgment is coming. I saw this woman enjoying herself. She was calling for drinks. She was talking loudly. She was a person at the center of the vibe, every inch the party queen. But I saw that this woman's dial was sitting at 8.5 out of nine. So she outstripped Creflo Dollar by 10 basis points. And she, just like Creflo Dollar, was not naked I said that there was a lot of sexual stuff in this vision and I will have to deal with it separately. That has its own title called profanity. Please excuse the noise. She was fully dressed and she was in command of herself. So Joyce Meyer was not drunk. She hadn't her eye on the ball. She was not out of her mind on drugs or anything. She was wise. The Lord showed me that this woman is very wise and as I looked at her, as I was looking at her in this vision, sitting on her throne and calling for more drinks and this and that and chatting, I had another vision within that vision. And I saw Joyce Meyer in these huge stadiums where she holds her meetings. I mean, thousands upon thousands of thousands of people in attendance. She was on stage in a smart suit and the people were giving her this excited, you know, that happy greeting when she comes on and she was soaking it all in. A lot of these people see themselves as untouchable gods, except that they're not in the political arena. They are in the church arena. Then a podium appeared in her, in front of her, and a wand appeared in this woman's hand as in a magician's wand, as in the same wand that that man in Nigeria, overseer Adeboye, held up a wand in front of the worshipers in Nigeria and told them to concentrate their attention and to direct their prayers to Jesus Christ through the wand. Yes, Western world, if you're listening, I bet you're thinking that the next Sunday the church was empty and everybody had torn him down from his position in protest. No, he's still going several million believers strong every Sunday, which just goes to show 
This practice is global. It is international. And the sheep are so used to eating, eating broken glass that you can tell them Harry Potter and they will still show up next Sunday. So she held up a wand and she tapped on the podium a few times, the way people do when they're about to conduct an orchestra. And she started to wave the wand gently. And I saw just like Fantasia, that Mickey Mouse cartoon, the old one, I saw musical notes begin to come out of the wand and the music filled the stadium and every single person fell asleep. Every person in that place went. And when she was waving the wand to see to it that they were fully asleep, I heard these words, spellbinding, occultic, witchcraft via a baton. And when these people were sleeping, Joyce Meyer got a huge pipe. I am talking about huge, a big pipe like those pipes that they use to to pump air into a room, not the AC. It's a very big kind of vacuum pipe. She got one of those and she set it not to blow air out, but to suck air in. So she put it on a setting to suck air in and money began to fly off the people who were sleeping. Money came right out their pocketbooks, right out their pockets, right out their handbags and flew into that pipe. So much money, so much money came into the pipe. And when she had taken all the money that was available in that room, she reversed the flow of the pipe so that the pipe could bring something out to these people. But all that came out was a very thin, small gray trickle of something that looked like defiled and dirty dishwater. And that's when I knew God is showing this woman, however she started, whatever she used to teach that was so beneficial to the church, this also at 8.5 on the dial, she cannot produce anything holy. And the voice spoke saying, Joyce Meyer has never been caught, but she will be. Joyce Meyer has never been caught, but she will be. Don't ask me what she hasn't been caught from. The Lord did not reveal that to me. And so the last thing that I saw in this section, this is two sections combined into one in the prophet, prophecy that is called cornucopia, which means abundance, overflow, wealth. Um, the last thing that I saw is I saw the hand of the Lord pointing at them. So it was exactly like in um, the book of Daniel, Mene, Mene, Tekel, the hand appeared in the room pointing at these defiled false prophets, pastors, ministers, evangelists, bishops, apostles, teachers. The hand was pointing at them from across the room for a very long time, but they did not see it because they were too busy having a good time. They did not see this accusing and pointing finger. And so the hand finally turned and wrote a very big M on the wall. And as, as soon as I saw it, the fear of the Lord hit me because I knew that hand was getting ready to write Mene, Mene, Tekel, Ufarsin. When I saw that M get carved on the wall, I turned to these people in shock and I wanted to scream out, can't you see what is about to happen to you? But they were totally oblivious. 
oblivious of my presence, oblivious of the accusation of the Lord, oblivious of how long he stood accusing them and waiting for them to notice his furious and unhappy presence. And they did not. So he finally turned to write the beginning of a charge against them. And I knew that by the time that hand got finished writing the sentence, things, that's what I called them, called it back there. But now I know that the proper word is judgment and sometimes death and scandal and shame and having your sex tape come out and being sat down by the Lord publicly and dropping dead in the pulpit and multiple other things, judgment. But at the time I called it things. I said things would begin to happen to each one of those people in the chairs. And some of them would not be able to get out of those things except by extreme prayer, fasting, and repentance. This is Celestial with the Master's Voice. Thank you for being with me. These are two prophecies in one, Chronocopia, the Hall of Delights, part two and part three. Please visit the Master's Voice. I always leave the link to every single prophecy because I believe that reading makes it stay with you longer. Every single prophecy, all, there's always a link directly below in the description box. I want to thank the people who support this ministry. I want you to please understand that in the beginning, we were just a few people here, and I would always send a handwritten or at least an electronic thank you note. But now that time is far past. I am outnumbered by many thousands. And so from my heart to yours, I thank you for supporting this ministry. Mm. Please do not use cash app people. I'm, I'm not really using that thing. And may the Lord re return your seed to you. May the Lord bless you. Please don't feel that you're under any obligation to support because I'm praying for the people who used, use the master's voice. And I have been praying since I started. And my primary prayer is Lord, open their hearts open their hearts so that they can hear your voice so that they will not look and think, well, you know, I'm watching her and I'm checking her out. You check out all you need to. The people that I'm praying for, I see the changes in them. I know that they are changing. I can see the difference in some of their comments from when they came here a year ago. Whatever you receive from this, from this master's voice prophecy blog, that's exactly what you will get. And that's the interesting thing. You see nothing, you'll get nothing. You see God here speaking to you through one of his servants that he has raised up in the earth for the last days. You will get the fullness of that, the edification, the teaching. You will hear his voice challenging you. Is this the best you can do after 25 years knowing me? Is this the best that you are capable of? Is this what you have become when I found you when you were 15 years old? and you ran from me for 10 years and then you came back and here it is 2022 and the tsunami of destruction, my wrath is on the way. And is this all that you are capable of producing? Those who hear those tones from my mouth and know who is speaking behind me, you will get the fullness of plugging in and you are the people I came to find. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Until I see you again, goodbye.